0: Hello, hello, and happy Monday once again, my little Liberty lovers. Welcome back to the Flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. Before we get into today's interview... I want to tell you a little something about an amazing offer being put forward by our good friend Anthony Samaroff of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Not only is Anthony an amazing libertarian, he is also a therapist by trade and has put together a great program for helping people overcome social anxieties. He wrote, literally wrote the book on how to create small talk. And right now, Anthony is offering a free hour-long session for listeners of this program All you have to do is hit them up and tell them Lions of Liberty sent you. There are no strings attached. If you don't enjoy the hour, you don't think you're getting anything out of it, then no harm, no foul. Everyone will be friends afterwards. But... At some point, at some point when we're allowed to uh, be socially non-distant again, you're going to want those people skills. You're going to want to overcome any social anxieties you do have. And this is an amazing opportunity to get some free help, some free tips from someone who really has a knack of helping people out with this stuff. If you're interested, please email Anthony. that's A-N-T-O-N-Y, Anthony, not Anthony, Anthony at BeYourselfAndLoveIt.com. Tell them Lions of Liberty sent you.
1: liberty podcast here's your host your guide your shining beacon of liberty mark claire
0: My guest today is the COO of Praxis, an alternative to college for people who are excited about carving their own paths in life rather than just following the boring old status quo. Very pleased to welcome for the first time, Mitchell Earl. Mitchell, are you ready to roar? Let's
1: rock and roll. Awesome! Excited to be here. roll, yeah.
0: roar—we can do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mitchell, so this is your first time here, I just want to start off getting a little bit of background about you. How did you first get involved in uh, in education and Praxis, uh, which we'll of course talk a lot more about? Uh, where Where did y'all come from? How did this all start for you?
1: Yeah, that's 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 a great question. I'll I'll try not to give you the the completely unabridged story, but I think it's a. Uh, where where I am today, how I got involved with Praxis, very personal story. Um, it kind of a function of, of my background as a student, high school, college. You know, I was the straight A, overachieving, pad my resume, participating in everything. High school student, um, hell bent on you know the, pursuing the most prestigious sounding route. In college, got into college with these um, goals of going into medical school. And about a year and a half into college, I got involved with a startup, and I had no idea about this. I'd never experienced anything like this. It was a very small team. And over the course of the, you know, my my sophomore through senior year till I graduated, I worked with this startup. And it went from, you know, an idea handful of people to several thousand people all across the country. This awesome thing that just completely changed my mind. And um, I realized I was like, I have no interest in medical school. I want to do this other bigger thing. And I just I hated college. I didn't like going to class. I liked doing all these other things. I liked the social aspect. There were, there were all these like things that were entertaining and I, I spent a lot of time on. Sure. But most of the things I learned were not actually in the classroom. And so as I was getting closer to graduation, I was like, well, if not medical school, I, I still don't know what I want to do, so I'll go to law school because that gives me a soft landing that gives me this like, um, <laughs> that buys some time while I figure out what I want to do. And I got out in the real world And I was like, man, I, I, am still not sure what I want to do, but let me start crossing things off the list that I don't like. I worked in financial services for a while. I worked at a law firm. I, I, while I was planning on going to law school and I ended up working with the foundation for economic education in Atlanta, putting on seminars all over the country, um, you know, about free market ideas. That's where I met Isaac Morehouse, who was the founder of Praxis. Right. And, he, and he challenged me. I was about two weeks away from starting law school at the time. And he was like, hey, what if I could make some introductions to some cool people that are that are doing really cool, really cool things right now. They, they started some cool businesses. I think that you would learn a lot and you'd enjoy these. Give me one year. And if you don't like it, you don't, you're not intrigued at all. You don't feel like you're Growing personally, go back to law school, just defer your scholarships or whatever, and that was a huge leap, um, huge risk. Praxis was still really early at that point, but I but I ended up making the leap against the better judgment of friends and family. Of course, and I never looked back. <laughs> never looked back. Often so, those become the best
0: decisions, the ones where everyone you know is telling you not to do it. That's that should be a key sometimes to say, well, maybe that's what I should do then.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth. That's the truth. So I've never looked back, and it's been an awesome experience. Um, a lot has happened since then, but uh, that's kind of the most important.
0: I want to tick back the clock a little bit. You mentioned that startup you were involved with at one point. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because just just hearing your story play out, it, it seems like that is where the spark first came from a little bit when you kind of got a little bit out of that university system and out of the classroom and into the startup. It seemed to, um, from what you're saying, sort of start the wheels turning a little bit That and what did eventually lead you to where you are today. So can you tell us a little bit more about your experience there and, and some things that maybe stood out to you uh, that kind of maybe you start thinking, well, maybe this this normal path isn't exactly right for me?
1: Yeah, so that that experience was was really the the key takeaways there and things that I think uh, got the wheels turning. You know that that really until years later didn't didn't I didn't I didn't gain um, get a good sense or appreciation for what I was learning there, but it, it gave me this big contrast between like the real world and school and learning in the real world versus an education and like following rules. And so uh, the startup it was called the Odyssey. Uh, Olympia Media Group, this this small group of people who had graduated from Indiana, Purdue at the time. And their idea was to bring to, to start this media company for millennials. And it started out as just a campus newspaper, local campus newspaper produced independently by local campuses. And they wanted to launch this on, on every campus. And I got um, you know, I got the, the good fortune of of helping start this on my campus, Oklahoma State, with a handful of different friends, and it took off and it it was really cool. I, it was my first exposure to business from the inside. Uh, we got to uh, you know hire people, recruit people. I got to edit a newspaper. I got to write. Um, I was I was when I changed I changed my major from this this uh, you know destined for medical school as a result of this, and so I was studying communications. Allegedly in the classroom, but meanwhile i 'm like helping edit this newspaper and, and grow this 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 publication and, and we're doing everything from from selling ad space door to door to hiring you know hiring writers and producing this newspaper on a weekly basis and in the in the classroom they're like worried about MLA ML format right. like you've got a period in the wrong place and like this isn't how it goes and i'm like meanwhile out in the real world we're selling ad space to businesses you know we've got this Profitable business running, and we're we're the turnover is quick. We're producing the newspaper every single week, and it, it just completely changed my mind. And here here are some of the fun takeaways. Um, try not to ramble too much, but Oh, ramble my away, please. <laughs> that,
0: that's what the show, is, the show is all
1: about: roaring and rambling, man. <laughs> one one of my favorite takeaways from this is my senior year. So in in order to graduate. From my degree program, there's this capstone requirement. You had to have an internship or whatever. It had to be approved by the department. Uh-huh. And I'd been working for the startup for three years. And I was like, surely I can I can just submit this as an internship credit or whatever. And the first time I applied, they're like, no, that's not, that's not good enough. Sorry, we didn't approve this in advance. So you can't get credit for this. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm working 20 to 40 hours per week on this right. project. This, this paper and business that didn't yeah. exist three years ago.
0: It's way more than what any internship would actually be. I mean, by yeah. far, experience-wise. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm learning I'm I'm learning how to run a business and and getting get to be very involved in this. And so I didn't think anything of it, but I waited until like graduation to to like a couple weeks before graduation, um, just just to spite the university. And uh I, I resubmitted the exact same internship as as credit. And again, they're like, sorry, we can't take this. And I was like, Well, how about you speak to the people that I work with? And so I got them on the phone, arranged a call with the the regional sales manager and the CEO of the company. And both of these people like came to my defense and, and just like completely, you know, changed the university's mind or whatever. And was like, (laughs) this guy's been helping us manage this business. He's helped us, helped us get us off the ground. Like this is, this is far more than an internship program. Like we would hire him if he wanted to come work for us. And so it was just a hilarious thing where it was like, I'm learning these actual valuable skills and the people who are paying me think they're valuable. But this this, bureauc- this bureaucracy thinks it's not valuable, so it's hilarious that alone must have
0: already had you thinking like, what is the point of these college classes if I'm doing this thing outside of it? They don't even seem to approve of it, let alone the fact that I'm learning just way more much about the real world. And that your story rings so true to me because I was also a communications major. I took those journalism classes, so I know exactly what you're talking about, how they can almost just suck the life out of you. And it actually made me not want to do journalism. Um, Ironically, I've sort of circled back in a way now doing the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Some would call this journalism, others might not, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, But I mean, it's... It seems to me that the something I noticed as soon as I got out of college and I started working I started learning all these things and I started thinking to myself why did I learn literally none of this in college like the only things I <laughs> learned about um, in my industry that I ended up in uh, in television production I mean I learned so much theory about it like you said we learned theory we learn um, you know different all these like accounting terms that not necessarily the actual day-to-day nuts and bolts of things especially I mean I went to a pretty good university but technology wise they were still well, well, well behind uh, where things were by the time I actually got out. So when I got out to the real world, none, none of what I needed to learn I had learned in, in college, which I paid all this money for, went into debt for, uh, spent like 10 years paying off loans for. Meanwhile, and I'd say about, in what I do about, approximately about half the people are like me, somebody that went to university and d- did the normal path and ended up in this area and other people that just didn't, they didn't go to, co- they didn't go to college. They ended up just working in a TV station or, or what have you and working their way in. And to me, I'm like, wow, man, that path that these, those other people took, the people that didn't go to college, that seems like they went on a much better path, even though yeah, I'm sure their yeah. parents probably told them you got to go to college or their teachers told them you got to go to college. Meanwhile, they were pretty much where I was only minus all that debt. And mine is all that, those frustrating classes that just sucked the life out out of me so uh yeah, your story your story definitely rings true uh to me and i'm sure to many other people out there
1: yeah i i definitely as as you talk about the people who made who made what i what i think today is probably a sounder choice and and one that was a little bit more true to themselves the unfortunate thing is like they get treated like social pariahs right. in many cases it's like oh you didn't go to college well mm-hmm. you know what's wrong with you or whatever and it's so crazy that the uh, social where screw is- up huh yeah, yeah it's it's so crazy and, and, and unfair especially given the context of today like the cost of college is not what it was when I went and it's definitely not what it was 20 30 years ago it's con- continued to blo- to balloon out of control and so many so many people uh, you know particularly young people they're, they' they don't really know what they want to do yet and that's a terrible time to go and mortgage your future and strap yourself down to a ton of debt where on the other side of that you're forced to go get a job. It doesn't matter if you like the job or not, you got to pay bills now and you got you got the student debt hanging over your head. And so um, that that's where, you know, my heart goes out to the people who who make that choice to please other people or meet expectations of their family and, and friends or whatever. But, um, you know, that's what we're trying to change a practice to.
0: All right. So what, what really sets Praxis apart from the typical path? Uh, Just going to high school, applying for college, getting into that college, going through your four year degree, maybe even going to more school after that. uh, If you feel like spending more money and then just getting a job, why is this path so different? I mean, who is it? And and more specifically, I want to ask like, who is this for? What kind of person is this for? Just like everything. I'm sure it's, it's not for everybody.
1: Yeah. Great question. So it, I want to make it clear. Right. like, like, first and foremost, like we're not trying to be better than college. We're not trying to like destroy college or anything like that. But, but I know that there are people out there who they, they have this, this, like this, this burning belief in, in inside that they're meant for more, that they've got something. There's some big hairy audacious goal they have. They, they may not be able to articulate or define what that is, but they're, they're on this mission to go do something big with their lives. And the normal infrastructure out there, you know, public school or, to college that doesn't really support people that are these natural, like tinkerers, these entrepreneurial people, the the kids that like can't sit still in class because they're, they're fascinated by ideas and they want to do all these cool things or whatever.
0: Not only does it not support them, uh, but it also, I I would say it suppresses them. It suppresses you from being extra creative and thinking outside of the box. I mean, if you're doing anything besides answering that bell and then going to a new room every 45 minutes, you're doing something wrong, according to that system.
1: Yeah, it's it's debilitating in many cases, and 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 I think some people do recover, uh, but a lot of people they like end up never pursuing the things that they're crazy about. So when I think about praxis and a, a, the unique opportunity, is like we want to help people at least get clarity about the different career options out there. What are, what are the what are the different careers and roles out there that map well to my interests now and the skills that I have? And what are the gaps between where I'm at today and those different career paths that interest me? So so part of it is just career discovery, but it's also about helping people get started strong without the debt. It's about helping them live a self-directed life, helping them learn how to create a self-directed learning experience, and helping them, them get ahead. In, instead of many cases, getting out to the real world for the first time, and you're, you've already got this this balloon behind you, this this huge parachute of debt and like uncertainty, and this this almost, for lack of a better term, you're, you're brainwashed into looking for someone to give you an assignment and tell you what to do versus looking at the world and just seeing opportunities to take initiative on. I think and that's, that's the, the proper that's term. The thing. <laughs> I think brainwashing yeah. Yeah. is the proper <laughs> term. I think you did yeah. find there yeah so so it's about helping people get there you know start strong, help them do it faster, help them do it cheaper and and also do it with a community of people that are like minded We have an awesome community of, of participants and alumni that are you know they're they're early in their careers they're working cool jobs at awesome fast growing companies all over the country and they're they're all on their own learning mission this self-directed education mission to get better at whatever it is they're interested in whether it's related directly related to their job or their own areas of interest outside of that and that's a cool thing to to witness
0: hey there liberty Kitties! time to take a quick time out to tell you about one of our long time supporters his name is tyler colford and he goes by the pseudonym Crypto Man. That's his rapping name. That's right. He is a rapper as well. He does some awesome stuff, and he recently produced a track called Free Ross. And the Ross in question is, of course, Ross Ulbricht, the creator of the Silk Road Marketplace, who was sentenced to two life sentences for creating that marketplace. Yes, it was a black market, indeed, of all sorts of things, including drugs, consensual transactions, which libertarians are completely in favor of. There were no victims and there were no crimes as far as we're concerned. So please do check out the track Free Ross. It was just released on Friday, March 27th, the 35th birthday of Ross Ulbricht. And 100% of the proceeds will go to the Free Ross Foundation which is uh, helping to free Ross and bring more awareness to his situation. Do check out the links. I will put them all over at lionsofliberty.com slash free Ross for ease of use. You can also pre-order it on Google Play. Again, 100% of the proceeds of this track will be going to help free Ross. Let's break down... uh, uh, sort of the difference in, in choosing these paths here. Let's say someone is listening right now and about to maybe go to college, or maybe they're thinking, well, maybe I don't want to do that. So what would the path look like for someone that instead of just pursuing, I mean, just, just from a cost aspect, I, I I don't know the numbers now. I went to college quite a while ago. But I, I, I'm going to guess uh, a, an average four-year university is going to cost at a very bare minimum, even if you get a really cheap one, a really affordable one, to $20,000 a year, it's probably way higher than that. Um, but oh, yeah. So what would it look like if someone chose to the Praxis route? Uh, what would that look like in comparison to cost, in comparison to time, in comparison to the commitment? Uh, what, what's that sort of di- division look like? Yeah, so... I
1: actually think it's closer to sixty thousand dollars all yeah, in. I figured like I was the, really, the, really low. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> god, definitely like other year? options. Oh my
0: god! And now people, I hear so many people now that are uh, going to college for five years, six years, because they don't even know what they want to do, and they end up, you know, going down different paths. And then that number gets even bigger.
1: Yeah, and that that number changes obviously. You know, a lot of people get aid. Um, there, you know, a lot of people go in and try and suppress the cost with community college for a couple of years, mm-hmm. with much cheaper, more affordable route. And it and it varies. You know, am I going public, private? Am I staying in state? There are all those whatever. Those are all like fancy ways of saying like, well, the number you have isn't right. The fact of the matter is, it's it's really expensive. Yeah. And that's that's just factoring in the cost of going. It's not even factoring in the opportunity cost of foregone earnings right. and the. the foregone you know the the opportunity cost of your time four years not learning in the real world not getting experience not making money that's that's a huge opportunity cost when i think about what we're doing at praxis like uh, you know we're very selective in in the type of of participant we allow into the program and and it's because you know if, if you're waiting for somebody if you're the type of person who needs somebody to tell you what to do like we, we just you're not going to succeed in our environment. It. it mm-hmm it takes an, an ambitious self-starting person. That doesn't mean that they're a straight A student, but it it does mean that it's somebody that's naturally curious and they're willing to put in the work and, and commitment to get to their goals. And so when we have that type of participant and they're accepted in the program, the boot camp is six months. And at the end of that, we guarantee them a full-time job and our, our average starting salary. So average, average income in the first year for graduates is, is $50,000. And so, you contrast that with a college grad, and and let's let's not forget now that the the timeline for a college grad has has continued to extend. And you're I saying fifty thousand for to, that first job? That that first job?
0: Yeah, I, I would be doing backflips if I if I made that right out of college. Let alone out of out of a, a six month program. <laughs> no, aside yeah. from the fact that I just spent four years in that college.
1: Yeah, which is the average average starting salary for a college grad, and and that timeline has continued to expand. Um, you know, for for college grads, I th- I think that, you know, it's it's not just four years in many cases. It's now between four and six years that you're waiting to go get your first job. And in many cases, those college graduates, they're not even landing those career jobs on the outside. Like I think something like it, it's it's something like forty-three percent of college grads today are underemployed in their first job out of college. So I'm going and taking a job at Starbucks or or whatever not no no disrespect to people working at Starbucks or hustling trying to make it work but they're not doing what they went to college in order to access contrasted with with our grads who are like I'm ready to go do something cool now and and I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go take control of my life and I'm going to go do something awesome now. And over over that same 4 to 6 year stretch these you know the, our graduates they're not only getting better outcomes faster right out of the gates, but they're advancing quickly in whatever company or roles they're in. And, and many times they're becoming, you know, some of the best people in their roles, but I like to refer to as like rising stars in their industries or in their different roles. I know so many people that are absolutely awesome sales professionals who are two, three years into their career and went through Praxis. And it's because they're, they're They're almost obsessive in their pursuit of being the best at what they do, and that's cool to see.
0: When when you guys say you guarantee that they'll get this job out of out of right out of the program, how do you? Is that like a money back guarantee? (laughs) Like how does that work? Or you just you're just you guys just know you can make it happen, so you you just you know kind of put that out there.
1: Yes, we we know we can make it happen. I think that you know it it is it is incumbent upon participants you know putting in the work and effort too. So that part of this is is we are so. Careful in vetting our candidates, but it also right. is a money back guarantee. We we refund up to fifty percent of the tuition for people who don't get hired within three months of graduating the program. And we're very confident our process works. The boot camp works. People get better. Um, and we're also confident in the way that we approach the job placement process, which is entirely different than the normal, you know, the the way a normal college grad goes and looks for jobs. What is that process like? what what differentiates it? So uh, the normal college grad, and, and th- I think this is the normal route for people that, you know, I'm on the job hunt. I'm going to go look at jobs boards. I'm going to go start on Indeed or LinkedIn or where, wherever, whatever job board of your choice. And you're going to go look for positions that companies have posted. You're going to go follow the rules, submit a resume, cover letter, follow all the rules that they say there. And that method is consistently bad. It is consistently a, a volume game where I think, I think the last stat I read is like the average job seeker applies to 150 jobs in order to land one job offer.
0: Yeah, I remember in, my, in college, my guidance counselor that sort of guided me through this process of applying for jobs, he had this whole chart where you're supposed to like line up all the companies you could ever think you could ever possibly work for, you know, have all your resumes, cater different resumes, to different companies and mark each one off and where you are in the process. And even just that part felt so, so soul sucking to me. Like I'm just supposed to be throwing darts at every company and just hope that someone will take me on. I just even even at that point before I'd even launched into the real world aspect of my career, I was already starting to feel the soul suck a little bit.
1: Yeah. And this, it, it's the same thing that, that, that I think many people that, that, that are frustrated in college, but still go, I think it's the same frustration they feel they feel powerless. Like I'm waiting for somebody else to pick me. Right. I'm at the high school dance, hoping somebody, so, <laughs> somebody picks me, yeah. you know, and, and our approach, the entire philosophy about what we're doing. Um, both with the boot camp, the program, and and what we believe as a team is about taking control, taking self ownership, and and personal agency, and ma- maintaining that. And when you when you take that mindset and you apply it to the job job hunt, it's not about like let me go look where you know let me go look for all the openings. It's about making your own opportunities. So in many cases, it's 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 going and starting your search with with companies that interest you what What are companies that are solving problems that I have a particular interest in, or what are what are companies that are hiring for the types of of skills that i'm i I like and I'm good at or the things that I'm good at and how how can I position myself to solve a problem this company has so it's so it's about putting your value on display versus like looking for opportunities they're posting and so we are our, our participants through that placement process it's about creating strong value propositions it's about proving that you can do the job before you you have the job in many cases that's that's doing a project like going and and researching the company um you know if you're let's just come up with a a, a hypothetical scenario if you're you want to work on the customer support team like going and looking go going and doing deep research on that company's website and on different review platforms looking at you know, a hundred different customer reviews, positive, negative, and writing responses to those as an exercise. And and then going on LinkedIn, researching who might be the hiring manager for that and sending them that project along with a strong value proposition. Hey, I took the time to research your company. I'm familiar. I'm at least base level familiar with what you do. I think there's an incredible opportunity for me to come in and help you do this specific thing better. And it's, that's fundamentally different than saying, Hey, here's my resume. It says that I I know how to do Microsoft Excel. Right. You know it's, it's fundamentally different from this this credential mindset that college approaches the world with.
0: I almost think when when some of these companies are going through resumes, like now that I look back, I, I got to think my resume couldn't have stood out that much more than, than so many other people. I mean, it, had, it checked yeah. all the boxes. It said what degree I had. Uh, it said a couple internships I had. It said that I could do Microsoft Excel or a couple editing programs. I mean, but how many other people are they getting with those resumes that are basically the same? I mean, at some point, it's like, did I just get lucky? Did I just get picked out of a hat? Whereas this is a totally different approach to things. I mean, this is actually someone who actually you're taking someone who has a real interest in that specific company and having them craft sort of a solution to a problem even before they get there, which I got to say, when I when a company sees that coming in, they probably got to already be thinking like, who's that? What is this? <laughs> like, like, I mean, it's so it's such a different approach to things. I'm curious how you find the companies reacting to you guys as they learn more about what practices because they're, they're so used to just getting these standard resumes and uh, interacting people that went through the standard system. What kind of response have you gotten from those companies, uh, both about your program as they learn about it, and of course, about the people that end up working for them eventually?
1: Extremely positive results and uh, extremely positive responses. And in many cases, once someone hires their first practice participant, they they're eager. You know, the next time they're hiring for that position, it's it's I want to look at other candidates. I want to see some other grads from this program. And that it it's not just the program. I I think that there's there's generally a positive um, you know positive impression from, from our program, but it's, it's the people it's not, it's not us. It's these candidates are awesome because the way that they approach things, they, they have this very like value creation first mindset Mm -hmm. where when they go get, you know, when they go get started at this company, it's like, how can I do something really valuable on my first day, my first week, my first 30 days. And they're, they're hustling out there and people love that energy. And so it's, it's not just what we do in many cases, our, our customers are, And and participants are just, they're already, they've got all the right raw material. We help give them some guidance. We plug them into an awesome community and we help them rethink the way to, the way to approach their careers. And then we give them a little nudge. In many cases, we're making introductions, but they're not, they're not being hired by virtue of graduating from our program. Companies are hiring our graduates by virtue of, of their skills, their ambition, their forward tilt. And that's that's the cool thing. We're not trying to create this new credential where, you know, if we did ten ten times as many customers, people just want to hire that. But you know, that happens, that's that's not a terrible thing, but we want to protect the quality of our of our participants as well.
0: I'm curious if you guys have any haters out there. Do you still run into people that, that hear about this program and think you guys are nuts. You guys are crazy. Of course, you got to go to a four-year university. Of course, you got to do things the way things have been done for the last century or plus or what have you. Uh, what kind of objections do you get out there? I'm sure you got to get some.
1: Oh yeah, they're, the haters are always there. You know, they're they're always in the comment sections, and there's there is a a massive percentage of those haters that are you know your your traditional obvious objections. You know, college is the the only way. The the amazing lifetime earnings argument that I think everybody probably hears their entire life is, you know, on average the college college graduates earn over a million dollars more during the course course of their lifetime. And and all these different statistics, fact-based arguments. Well, college is a great place to socialize, whether that's a healthy form of socialization or not. Like all of those types of things are are like expected objections and and I almost empathize with those people. It's like I I get that this is the popular social narrative. The haters that are worse though are like what you're doing is a scam. You are you are cheating people out of you know out of money. You're you're making them pay you to get hired. And it's like you can make no, a strong you
0: can make that argument pretty strongly for the university system as it currently it currently stands.
1: Well yeah that's 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 you 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 beat me to the punch there. It's like that we're held Anytime, I think this isn't just true of what we're doing. I think this is true of anybody that's that's trying to disrupt or innovate. Is like you're held to a different a different standard of scrutiny than the existing regime, which is which is absolutely incredible. And I I welcome the haters. You know what we're doing. Fact of the matter, it's not for everybody. Just a lot of people that go to college and and they they want to be told what to do. They won't succeed in our program. So. Um, you know, this, when when I when I come on podcasts and when, when we put content out of the world, it's for the people who we're right for. It's not for the people that we're wrong for.
0: And that's such a big difference in in philosophy, because the, I think one of the biggest problems of the university system is that we act like it is for everybody. Like everybody yeah. should just no matter what your interests are, no matter what you want to pursue, no matter what, you have to go do this thing first. You know, it's just it's just this thing that we're supposed to take for granted. Uh, whereas the fact of, re, of life is every different you know everybody has a path that's going to be right for them and so for some people it might be praxis for some people it might be a, a regular university for some people it might be something completely different the point is more options are always better uh there, there's never no one's ever had too many options in life uh having options is, is what improves us as, as a society what enables us to pursue different paths more easily um and as i see this options like praxis pop, pop up as i see even you know going earlier in the education process, things like homeschooling becoming more popular, even unschooling. Yeah. I, 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 th- I do see cracks in the current sort of mindset uh, about schooling overall, especially about the university system, because I think so many people today, especially millennials, are coming out and saying, man, I'm in all this debt and I'm living with my parents because there's no jobs available for me. Why did I even do this? And uh, I, I'm kind of... Th- And especially now with with coronavirus coming up, and I really see (laughs) this might be, I mean, out of all the positives, I I think there's a lot of negatives, obviously, with a big virus going around that people are freaking out about and crashing the economy for. It's a whole different rant. But some of the positives I can see are maybe some cracks in this university system, because right now there's a lot of universities that are keeping people at home, letting people work remotely and and learn remotely. And as they're able to do that, I got to imagine at some point people start to look around and say, then why are we paying so much money for all these huge buildings? All these expensive, lavish campuses. Uh, why are we paying, um, you know, people extremely high salaries to run these universities? Why are we p- pumping so much government money into this stuff? I got to think at some point, when people find in re- in real life that they can learn outside of that system, then that's when the real cracks are, are going to start to turn into bigger and bigger cracks, and maybe see the whole thing crumbling down. Maybe I'm too optimistic uh, when it comes to seeing change here. But how do you see not just you know not just specifically coronavirus, but maybe j- shifting attitudes uh, towards the university system? Them. Have you have you noticed that this along your path here at
1: all? Oh, absolutely, and and I think that I I share your optimism. You know, as 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 terrible as all of the different implications, short and long term, that that are possibly going to come out of out of this this hysteria and shutdown and and all of this stuff. I I am truly optimistic about the questions that it raises, of like if if college being physically present and on campus, if that was such a, a prerequisite to our success and our ability to deliver this you know this this thing that we said you that, that we've been claiming for years, you, you have to come here and pay all this money for. then why were people why were universities so quick to shut down and not fight a little bit harder? like right. oh wait, wait we have we have millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. If you shut this down, you know, like our future, our future generations are at stake here. Come on. This is the most important thing they can be
0: doing with their life. So we have to keep yeah. it going.
1: <laughs> An educated populace is the most important thing. Yeah. You hear these arguments all the time that everybody has to be caught. Co- everybody has to go to college, not, not just for the jobs things, but there's this, this intrinsic value of, of, you know, being educated and all these things. And, and now I think a lot of these arguments are, are beginning to break down, not just like whether that's valuable or not, but like the mechanism for delivering that, that thing, whether it's this esoteric education or learning, or if, or if it's truly, you have to go complete this credential in order to access better jobs. The, the fact of the matter now, I think people are asking is like, is this worth it? Is, is the experiment as it's always been conducted, is this the best way to do it? Can I get the exact same thing or, or, or a, a pretty good, um, slightly reduced version of it? Cheaper, better, faster, remote- from home without you know moving away from home getting an apartment or living on campus right. you know paying thousands of dollars for a meal plan and textbooks and and going to classes and you know making sure that I can play, pay these bloated university officials salaries and pay for this you know massive sports stadium and all mm-hmm. these like all these things that are unnecessary it, it's now like what's the what's the the smallest possible version that's actually um that actually helps people get the outcomes they they're allegedly going to college for. Better jobs, better career outcomes, more freedom, more flexibility. I think that all of this is going to put you know the higher education, education in general under this microscopic lens of, you know, let's not just point fingers at all the things that were done wrong and bad, but what could it be if we started with a fresh with a fresh clean slate? What could it be? And that's a really exciting conversation.
0: So, do you see this as a trend? Then, do you see more organizations, not just practice, but just this general idea, maybe of even just bringing back apprenticeships? You know, just, just working under someone in an industry as opposed to going to a four year uh, university and deciding if you actually like this thing that you just spent four years learning out about uh, afterwards. And do you see this this trend of alternatives to education
1: uh, just continuing? A- absolutely, like the, the the boot camp market in particular has been just. Growing exponentially over the past decade, and I think that when when I say boot camp, I I think the average person, if you're not familiar, you're like you, you think of like software engineering or 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 whatever the case. Like I think you, of doing pushups, like code. and
0: getting yelled at by someone at the gym <laughs> or a personal trainer. yeah, or
1: or, or cross <laughs> or CrossFit or something like this. But but that market has been been growing exponentially, and even these like these. These tertiary adjacent markets, just all of this like education online, ed tech. You you see things like um, Udemy, Coursera, Teachable, mm-hmm. right. Khan Academy, um, Acton I mean, Academy, Unlimited there's Ways, Skillshare. To there there are countless different mechanisms for learning that people are pursuing. And what I think too is like you you look at people that are a few years out into their careers, maybe whether they went to college or not, and they're like, I don't love what I'm doing, and I want to figure out how to go do this next thing. And people are now looking, what's the cheapest, fastest, best, most agile mechanism for learning what I need to know in order to to, to bridge the gap between where I am and a career that I'm excited about. And I think that 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 is an awesome wave that's building momentum. And I think that it's going to continue to trickle down, not just for the people who are learning, you know, as a function of of improving their careers, you know, so people that are in their 20s, late 20s, 30s, later on, but like also people younger. Like I think that this is going to trickle down into, you know, I, I'm very hopeful, but I, I think it's going to continue to trickle down into the way that high school and, and elementary school and preschool, whatever, whatever case, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think those institutions can continue to um, ignore the movement that's happening.
0: Well, uh, our listeners will certainly not be ignoring it. This is the exact kind of topic that I'm really trying to get into more and more this year, uh, specifically education and alternatives to education and really just alternatives in life That and, and try to help people think outside of the typical box. Because I, I think in so many ways, uh, we're often trapped in, in a, a mental prison. Uh, we're told this is the way society is. This is the path you have to go on. And I, as far as I'm concerned, the more ways we can break pre- people from that mindset, just the mindset, if you if you, if you break Absolutely. through the mindset and you go through your options and you still 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 think university or that that typical path is the right option i think that's Perfectly wonderful too. I mean, for some people, it is the right path. For some people, if you if you want to be a doctor or an engineer or what have you, uh, you might need to go through that path to to do what you need to do. But just breaking out of people out of that idea that you need to go on this one path that society has laid out for you, I think breaking free from that is one of the most important uh, missions that I have. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's part of part of what you really want to do here too. So, uh, Mitchell, it's been an awesome time talking to you, man. It's been a blast. Uh, before I let you go, why don't you just give a little run through here of all the ways people can uh, you know find out about more about Praxis how they can reach out to you if they want some more information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I appreciate it. This has been fun too. So uh, if you want to learn more about Praxis, visit discoverpraxis.com or uh, personally, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L at discoverpraxis.com. Very responsive on email. So I'd, I'd love to see, love to chat with you if you're more interested in learning more.
0: I can attest to that. Mitchell's very quick at getting back to email. Within two or three minutes, you're getting a response. So, Mitchell, thanks awesome. so much, man. I really appreciate the time and keep up the great work and good luck with everything you guys are doing over at practice. I think I think it's awesome. So keep up that great work, man, and keep on roaring.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Talk soon.
0: All right, my kitty cats. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Mitchell Earl of Praxis. It's nice to uh, spend a little time not just talking about coronavirus because there is going to be a world beyond this and that world is going to be very different than the one we have now but I think there are going to be many opportunities for different methods of delivery of many different services, including in the educational field, especially as a lot of parents are involuntarily homeschooling right now. Uh, That's going to cause some changes, and a lot of changes are going to be occurring as more and more people see cracks in the institutions that we have in place, see the lack of necessity for them, and pivot to programs like Praxis and seeking alternative means to advancing their their career, advancing their skill set, and that sort of thing. So please do check out Praxis if you're In the region of someone who is going to be looking for school or making a major life decision of that sort sometime soon. On an entirely different note, I want to tell you about our brand new t-shirt we just spoofed up. It's a parody. It's a Tiger King parody t-shirt. The Tigers of Liberty. And if you have not seen this t-shirt... It is hilarious. It is ridiculous. Uh, You just have to see it to believe it. That's all I can really say. So head over to lionsofliberty.store. It should be the first item you see on there, the Tigers of Liberty t-shirt. And right now, for a limited time, just through the end of April, we're going to be giving these puppies away to anybody who joins our Patreon at $15 per month or higher. Also, this will apply to upgrades for anybody who's currently a Patreon In the Lions of Liberty Pride, of course, Uh, the Lions of Liberty Pride supports everything we do, pays for our hosting, pays for us to go to other events, pays for our equipment. It was going to pay for us to go to the LNC, although that is looking a little bit in flux right now, so we'll, we'll have to stay tuned on that one. But you don't just get to support this show to support the greatest libertarian variety show on Earth. You also get access to loads of exclusive bonus content. Uh, We do a bunch of live streams right to our Secret Pride Facebook group, and we really go out of our way to make sure that our patrons get Plenty of bang for their buck, get tons of exclusive bonus content, and at various levels of patronage, you get various levels of access to the hosts and the ability to even influence the show itself. We have a Nittany level show for 50 bucks a month. You can get on the list to uh, give us a topic. And once per month, we produce a uh, Nittany level program. Last month, we did a roundtable on Electric Liberty Land, looking at libertarian solutions to the homeless problem. And uh, next week, you're going to hear another Nittany level show right here with a bunch of special guests and I'm just going to leave it at that, but I promise you it's going to be a fun time that's what I will guarantee. Uh, one more great thing about joining our Patreon right now is that we have partnered with our friends at DonorSea to help people affected by coronavirus and the various associated lockdowns around the world uh, through their amazing platform. Check out what everything they're doing for this over at DonorSea.com slash coronavirus. But we are contributing 10% of our Patreon earnings to help DonorSea uh, combat this virus, not just the virus, but all the people that are affected by the lockdowns and just the, the lack of ability to get certain supplies. Uh, it's bad for people here in the United States. Just imagine how much worse it is for people in third world countries that already lacked access to sufficient infrastructure, to sufficient supplies, and they were already in a difficult situation. Now they are in just an exponentially worse situation because of everything that's been going on uh, with coronavirus. So please do check that out at patreon.com slash Liberty. And for more on what DonorSea is doing, check out donorcy.com slash coronavirus. My friends, thank you again for joining me here on on the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, don't forget, it's not just me here on Mondays, and sometimes more, as I've been doing a lot of extra content here on Lockdown, but we also have Brian hitting you upside the head with his special, unique, outrageous, uproarious brand of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land every single Wednesday, while John Odie Odermat wraps things up on Fridays with his hard-hitting and inspiring look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. But as I've said, keep an eye on that feed, keep an eye on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lionsofliberty. I've been doing a bunch of live streams. I have a couple more planned in the coming weeks. Those will all hit the feed at some point in podcast form as well. Uh, I have more time, so you get more content. That's how it works. I'll have even more time if I don't need to find other ways to make money. So that Patreon money will help us get to that point where we can fully invest ourselves in Lions of Liberty uh, full-time or, or much closer to full-time. But that's all she wrote for today, kids. And until next time, I only have one request of you, and that is, of course, to.
1: Live long
0: and live free.